ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the State of the Xbox Empire for March point five, twenty twenty. Uh, because March, we, we just needed an extra little dose of Empire here in March. I don't know about you, but I felt like we needed it. Joining us today, of course, is the one and only Mr. Donnie Reese. Donnie, how are you? Greetings, Kooplings. How you doing? I'm doing okay. You know, I was able to actually get out of the house and do a little fresh air today. So that's a plus because uh, we had storms. We had tornadoes last night. Oof. I, so I, that I've was, been reading was some of that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and of course, you know, since this is March and this is a .5 episode and we want to do a little little something special for y'all, we have a special guest this month, or this this episode actually, and that is one Mr. Ryan McCaffrey. Ryan, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Appreciate the invite. Definitely our pleasure. So, Ryan, how's things out in California these days? Uh, I mean, it's it's scary. I'm not going to lie. Everything, everybody, Everybody's kind of got their own perspective on this as far as how, how it's affecting their community. IGN, of course, completely uh, shut down office-wise, but we are—we're very blessed that we've been able to do ninety-five plus percent of of the normal IGN from our home. So IGN's been able to continue pretty uninterrupted all of our shows. And yeah, I'm just—I'm uh, grateful that I've, I'm home, healthy, and have an a limitless stack of video games and. <laughs> And unending piles of content on Netflix. So, you know, it's just stay inside, stay home, do the right thing. Uh, let's get through this. And then and then we can go back and, uh, you know, well, the sooner the sooner we do that, the sooner we can get get back out there. Absolutely. And you've done the last couple episodes of Podcast Unlocked remotely. Um, how's how's your experience been kind of transitioning the podcast process from being together, which is always great to kind of doing the remote? Uh, easier than I thought, honestly. I, I expected we'd have more instances of little bits of lag and talking over each other, but it's actually gone pretty well so far. So it'll get better as time goes on. I'm not going to lie and sit here and say it's it's as good as sitting together at the desk in the nice professional studio, but it's uh, it's been pretty smooth. So I'll I'll take it. Yeah, and as a as an listener of every show, you know, obviously with you guys working from home, you have the comments about the dog breathing and the mic and things like that, which is always fine. Actually, as a listener, I love that kind of stuff. It humanizes everybody a little more. Good. So yeah, keep they, it up. It's, it's she's, a great she's on the floor. Let's see. I want to know if she'll come up into. She looks pretty chill. Hey, Daisy, you want to come up here? No, she's not moving. So maybe she'll pop her. She'll pop up and hop into my lap at some point. Yeah. Well, she is more than welcome to as well. Our <laughs> extra special guest star. So. Ryan, just kind of a little background for our listeners. If anybody doesn't isn't familiar with your work, uh, you started at least the I started listening to you and finding out who you were is when you were back in OXM. Yes, when and that was about uh, it was early two thousands. It was around the Xbox launch, right? Yeah, I'm real lucky. So I I came right out of college straight into this line of work, which I'm so grateful for. It was uh, October first, two thousand and two. That was my start date at official Xbox magazine. So effectively, just under one year, 11 months into the original Xbox is when I, I went in headfirst on all things Xbox. And it's been, let's see, it's been 17 and a half years now of wow. this. That's wild. So was, was KOXM, or, no, sorry, OXM, was that your first kind of journalism gig out of school? Uh, the first paying one. I wrote okay. for, if, you, if we have any fellow olds in the audience like <laughs> myself i briefly wrote for free for a website which was uh, this was a pretty well respected reasonably big website at the time called the adrenaline vault a vault i don't know if anybody remembers that but 
Uh, my most notable work for them would have been, I, I, rev- I don't know how I got this assignment, but I reviewed Warcraft 3, like the Warcraft 3, a, a Blizzard <laughs> game. Um, but anyway, yeah. And that, that was for, that was for, I guess it like, would have been a couple months, probably over the summer after I'd graduated from journalism school and then before I got hired at OXM. So it's, uh, yeah, I, I've been very lucky in my, in my career path. Yeah. So when you're at OXM, you're obviously doing the, the, the writing piece. When did you get KOXM kind of get, get that thing driving together? So that was, you know, podcasts started to become a thing there in the early to mid 2000s. And, and literally a, a higher up came into the, came into the OXM office area and said, we should, maybe we should be looking at this podcast thing. And for me, I just jumped at it. I said, I, I want to do it. Let, let, me, let me take this and run with it. I had done, uh, one of my regrets in, in college was I, I didn't do, I wish I'd done a lot more college radio. I did two, one or two semesters of it and was had barely on the air because you got you know, to go through the motions and learn a lot before they'll actually put you in front of a microphone. But uh, I wish I'd done more, but I was always fascinated with radio because um, I've, I've been a Howard Stern listener for 20 plus years since I was an uh, early teenager when he, when he came to Phoenix, uh, when this show was syndicated to Phoenix, which is where I grew up. I'm originally from New Jersey, grew up in, in the Phoenix area. And, and also, like I, my, whole li- my whole adult life, people have told me, oh, you've got a radio voice. It's like, well, thank God, because I've got, I've also got a radio face. <laughs> so I, I had the, I had the gift of a good sounding voice, and I, I also enjoyed it. I enjoyed sort of, I was fascinated with radio, and I probably would have gone into radio had I not been lucky enough to get into the other dream career that I've been lucky to have. So when the opportunity to do a an OXM podcast came up, I just jumped at it because that was that that let me scratch the radio itch, and and so yeah, that was. February of 2006. So I've been podcasting on a extremely regular basis for, gosh, I guess 14 years now. Wow. wow. I was going to say, uh, we've been very blessed this year to have some incredible guests come over, you yourself included. And I, I wanted to tell you, out of all of the folks that come through, I mean, you definitely feel like the most like professional podcaster. You definitely have that radio voice. Uh, I, I always, it's one of the things that always struck me as a longtime unlocked listener is just how good, you know, like your podcast typically sounds compared to all the other ones. Um, and I, I wanted, one of the questions I was going to get into later, but I feel like if it's now, I was going to ask you if you ever thought about getting into voice acting and doing a lot more like that, if, if your profession has ever opened that up for you. Well, let me first say, I really appreciate you saying that, honestly. And I'm being completely sincere because I get it. I, I do. The nice thing about a podcast is, there's no wrong way. There's no right way or wrong way to do it. For me, I because I have always enjoyed radio and and have listened to radio. I mean, I'm just of the age. You guys are a little younger. Where FM radio was a regular part of life growing up. Like now, mm-hmm. radio is completely dead. And why? Like why would you ever listen to radio? Uh, I mean, I know there are a couple. There are use cases. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to insult anybody that likes listening to the radio still. But you know, it's. Uh, I, I always loved it, and so all the the shows that I do, uh, KOXM back in back at OXM when I started there, and then when I came to IGN and took over Podcast Unlocked, it was a very uh, there was a huge tone shift from what it had been to then what I am doing with it, and my Tesla podcast as well that I do every week just on the side for fun. I I they are 
by design, my goal is to have them sound like radio shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, Donnie, I really appreciate you saying that because that is what I'm going for. Now, to answer your question, it is my, it is a, a secondary dream. I'm, I'm so lucky to get to have a dream gig, but I, it is my, another dream of mine to do voice acting and I would love to do it. I don't know how any potential conflict of interest stuff might work there. Cause I, I do work at a, at a media outlet, but if the opportunity ever arises, I would, I would just like, I, I was talking to, uh, uh, who was I talking to Maya Moldenhauer from studio MBHR at one point, like last E3. And I was, and you know, they had announced the delicious last course for cuphead that the expansion, I was like, just, can I just voice a carrot? Just like make me anything. <laughs> I don't care, but maybe someday I'll get to, I'll get to appear in something, but you know, it's, uh, <laughs> it, it would be great. I I've always loved the idea of voice acting. And it'd be super fun. If they make a Power Star Golf 2, you know we need to give them a call, right? And get you there, to voice your character in there. The Power Star Golf ha- has me in it without without my consent <laughs> or my voice. Uh, the, the, the Splatterhouse remake from like from last gen, I don't know if you guys ever played that game, but the, the character Rick looks exactly like me. And then the, the real like super gratuitous one that I, I jet like... I know, I know it's going to sound narcissistic and egotistic, and I don't mean it this way, but Google Tales from the Borderlands Vaughn, the character Vaughn. From <laughs> T- he looks exactly like me. And uh, Chris Hardwick voiced him. And I was always mm-hmm. it's like, c- look at this guy. Like, I don't know if you guys even have the ability on this thing to put up like a screen share and but, or, or edit it in later. But Vaughn from Tales from the Borderlands looks exactly like me, like the same exact facial hair, the same hair part of the same way, same face and bone structure. It's wild. So yeah, it's it's funny you bring that up, Nathan. <laughs> so uh, OXM obviously was a fantastic uh, way for you to get into the career. And then you transitioned over to IGN. That was about what, seven years now or so? Just about eight. It was uh, May of 2012. Yeah, 2012. just uh, at the tail end of the Xbox 360 generation. Okay, so with um, with going into IGN, did you immediately like right away get into Podcast Unlocked over there? Oh yeah my okay. my first full day I did an, I did my first episode of Unlocked. Did not waste okay. a moment before I went in there and started with that. Yes. And do you remember what episode that was? Somewhere around like give or take a one or two. It's around fifty seven. Okay. Couldn't tell. Yeah, I, I wanted. That's always the, that was always the number that stuck in my head. I don't know if it was fifty six, fifty eight, but I, I want to say about fifty seven. Yeah, because I remember listening to it when it first started. The the unlocked people because you know as an Xbox guy at heart, I was always listening to that because I listened to Beyond and everybody else. Obviously, like everybody did. So uh, when they launched the unlocked, I was super happy. And then when you came on and then took the reins of unlocked, I was even more happier because I listened to you, you know, all the time over on KOXM was great. sad when you left there. But then when you came over to IGN, I was like, oh, it's great. He's here again. <laughs> so, yeah, I didn't go far. I And I just missed episode 300. I did, I think 295 or something was my last KOXM, which so I was a little bummed I didn't hit that 300. But uh, yeah, it's it's now been, gosh, I, I don't even know how many, how many, uh, what are we, we're on 400 something on uh, 460 something maybe on. That sounds on, right. On, uh, 
unlocked. So yeah, it's been a long time and a lot it's of It's probably a palindramatic episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully. <laughs> Those are the fun ones. Um, so obviously you've, you've had that, you've had the range there, which has been fantastic. You've got a, a lot of great people, uh, you know, on that team with you every week and it's a really great round table discussion. So one of the, one of the podcasts I look forward to every week, definitely appreciate you putting that out. Then you obviously you do unfiltered, which is a fantastic one-on-one. Dis- well, usually it's one-on-one discussion. Yeah. And with that, you've had some amazing guests in there. Now I don't want to put you on the spot and say, choose your best baby, but has there been one that gave you more butterflies than another? Uh, not unfiltered. Well, no. Okay. The yeah the 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 best one I've ever done, and I'll never top it. And also the one I was nervous for was the prototype, which was not even unfiltered. Was unlocked two hundred one mm-hmm. with with Phil Spencer, Peter Moore, and Seamus Blackley. We shot that, that at E three. We'd had them all because Seamus lives down there. Uh, and Peter and Phil were both in town for E3. So we did it at like eight o'clock at night after all their daily commitments were done uh, in our remote. You know, we, we always have like a, a remote studio that we studio space we rent out for the week of E3. So we had everything set up and we had them all there. And yeah, I mean, I was meticulously prepared. I had pages of questions and topics and ways I thought that that conversation could go. And uh, yeah, I was nervous for that one, but about like, I I say this humbly, probably 20 minutes into it, just listening to them talk. I was, I I knew I was like, this is a home run. Like, this is very special. This is amazing. And they were all very gracious. I think we had an hour and a half booked and that we ended up, it ended up being like an hour and 45 minutes. They were all, they were, those guys were amazing. They had such reverence and respect for each other. And they were, I, I thought I did a good job. Like it was, it's mostly they were great. But I think the thing I like to kind of remind myself of the, the, my contribution to that was staying out of the way as much as possible. And I, I think a, a good host knows when to, again, a good interviewer knows when to, when to jump in and, you know, either kind of move the conversation on or move it elsewhere and when to just hang back and let it, let it all happen. And that was a, that was a good, just like I knew to let it just let it play out. Cause those guys were gold. Mm-hmm. That was definitely a fantastic and a good uh, standout there. When I, when I heard that episode was just, Ooh, you know, having everybody on the screen, like or on the, on the audio like that at the same time, that was, that was special. Good job there. Thank um, you. Also, so unfiltered, you've had a, a lot of great episodes, and that's a monthly dish as well. Um, Mostly and- that one. That one might might have to hit pause right now. Um, yeah. I, I could do it remotely. Certainly, I could do it like we're doing this right now, and if the opportunity presents itself, yeah. But I would very much prefer a face to face on that. So we'll see. But it's I just uh, yeah. The, the, I, I just posted one last week or this week, I guess it was from my trip up to valve before the world turned upside down. And that's uh, so that's, that's up. That's uh, yeah. that was fun. Very cool. And then obviously right now you guys are having some fun. You're doing console watch 2020. Uh, it's a personal favorite. <laughs> it's so good. It's so thank good. you. Yeah. We're, we're trying to, it's, it, it has a different, or at least the goal is for it to have a different tone mm-hmm. than the podcasts do uh, beyond and unlocked. The podcasts are lighter and more just kind of, Back casual. and forth. Uh, yeah, casual is a, yeah. that's a better way to put it. 
And we we want this by design from from the name on down. Like we want it to be more of like a CNN, mm-hmm. you know, insert your favorite news network kind of a here's what's going on. Here's you know, here's the analysis of that. And and yeah, we started that where I think this was episode nine or ten this week. And yeah, it should get more and more interesting as the year goes on and we get closer to these things. Well, it's very focused mm-hmm. and like like those news shows, it's here are the beats that we're going to talk about today. So it's here's the news. Here's what that means. And here's our reaction to it. We'll see you next week. And it's, uh, you know, not everybody has 90 minutes to devour a podcast, you know, so it's very acute. And, and I think it's very YouTube, like that's perfect for that space and Thank to you. be yeah. a video. Yeah, yeah. Our uh, a lot of credit goes to uh, Dan Parkhurst, uh, the uh, video producer on the IGN team, is is really leads the charge on that. Tina Amini, our our editor in chief, uh, is a guiding hand there, and uh, Damon Hatfield hosting it as well. So I, I'm lucky, like I. Uh, with unfiltered and uh, unlocked and my Tesla thing, th- those are all the things that like I'm doing. I'm kind of running the ship there, but I'm I'm lucky with next gen console watch. I I, <laughs> I don't take any credit for that. I just that's a show where I just show up and and <laughs> lend my Xbox expertise. There's a lot of other people that are that are putting in the lion's share of the work on that, but I'm glad you're enjoying it. Well, it's perfect timing too, because you can tie it into the whole political stuff with the, with the, you know, upcoming elections and everything. And right. consoles are kind of that way. There's like these parties and everybody really kind of has one. So it's, yeah. very, it's very fitting. And it's honestly, it's only almost like a mockumentary type of way. It's yeah. I'll, uh, it's I'll nice leave you to, I'll leave you guys to decide which, which console, which fan base is, uh, is, is Fox news and which one's MSNBC. <laughs> I'm not touching that. <laughs> but the timing is super perfect too because if the consoles still come out in november and that's when you cast your election for the november ballots it's, it's just perfect there you timing. go like, exactly it's serendipitous <clears throat> so obviously we, we've talked about your day job with ign and you've mentioned it a couple times with with your ride the lightning podcast the unofficial tesla podcast <laughs> um tell me a little bit about why you wanted to start that one pure passion project um i think it's important to to have passion projects. I mean, it's, it's great. It, if you can be passionate about what you do for a living, as I, as I am fortunate to get to be, that's great. But, you know, it's nice to have other outlets too. Uh, and and you know, we, we, people at IGN, we, you know, we all, we all love what we do and we're lucky to get to do what we do, but we're not, we all have other interests outside of video games as well. And for me, I, I've been a car guy since I was a little kid. I mean, I had, my dad used to bring me home it felt like every day as a kid, but it really it was probably like once a week or every other week. He would bring me home uh, a Hot Wheels or Matchbox car when he would come home from work, if he would stop at the store. And I had a whole hope chest just full of Matchbox cars. And I would play with those things in our basement in New Jersey for hours. And I always loved cars. As a little kid, I could identify like every car, every, the make and the model. I just knew cars, loved cars. And, uh, and that, uh, there's... I could continue down the tangent on that story, but, but to bring it up to answer your question, I just, I fell in love with, with Tesla when I, when I became aware of them, they're a Bay area company, they're right here. And, uh, when they, when they started making the original roadster in 2008 and just everything they were doing, I was like, wow, that that's amazing. And then I got to, I got to drive one, uh, the original roadster at one point and that the light bulb just went off for me at, at that point. I just, I fell completely in love and I was like, this is, this is exactly what where cars should be going. I love this, and I started diligently following them ever since. And eventually, 
my wife, uh, I couldn't afford one. The mod, the, you know, the, the Roadster was a six figure car. Mm -hmm. Then they started making the Model S sedan. And that was effectively a, a six figure car as well. So that was out of my, well out of my price range. But my wife just got sick of hearing me talk about tests. I would just be like, yeah, and they're doing this and then this and this. <laughs> and she just got tired of it. And so that, well, I have an outlet for this. I, mm -hmm. I know how to do podcasts from a, from an infrastructure. Like I know what software to use. I have the mics and it's like, and I enjoy doing it to talk about my, you know, interest in radio from earlier when we were talking about that. So I just, I sat down and I just planned it out. It's like, okay, well, what, what do I want to call it? How do I want to format it? How's it going to go? And I'll just start doing it and start putting it out there and, and here we are. I'm almost almost five years into it, and it's turned into its whole this whole little little side project. And I'm just it, I'm very I love it. It's just been really fun for me. That is and literally how PSVG got started. Exactly. Yeah, and that's and that's great. That's 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 all it is, right? You just if just do it. I mean, it sounds it's like it's like the you know the the dumb meme like just do it, but it's like it's true. <laughs> just go out. Just if you're interested in something, and you know, don't don't wait. Don't wait around for life to hand you something because it's never going to happen. You just have you just go out and make it happen. If you if you mm -hmm. have the means and you have the the will to do it, just go do it. That's how my 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 wife uh, would would connect on that story because I used to be a person and I'd, I'd be joining the forums and discords and the wikis and the pages, IG and stuff, and I would always be chatting with these people. I'm like, they missed this, they didn't say this, and I would have said this, yeah. and she's like, so say it, <laughs> yeah. so start a podcast exactly. and start saying it, exactly. <laughs> It's always good to have a, a wife that's supportive of that kind of an outlet of a passion. I think she's too. like, look, stop saying it to me. Go say it <laughs> right. to other people. And she and even I think when I even told her, like, well, yeah, I want to get I want the model. I want to get the model three for our next car. And it's the affordable one I've been waiting for. And I think for a while she she was like, OK, it's you know, whatever. It's uh, it's still expensive. But and now, you know, she she's come around now, like think. She sees, you know, like I landed an interview with Elon Musk last mm -hmm. year and she sees the it's like, well, I guess this is like, I guess this is a thing now. I guess <laughs> I guess you're doing this. So, uh -huh. yeah, just uh, just get out there and make it happen. Because, you know, even if no one, even if you have one listener, it doesn't matter. You're doing mm -hmm. it. You're creating something and you're 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 putting your time and energy into something you enjoy. Yeah. Um Part of the reason why I got into podcasting a long time ago, too, is like something that you said similarly, just get out and do it. Kevin Smith was talking about, you know, just get out there and podcasting and just do it. And if you want to make make some content, no one's going to tell you, no, you can just drive your own destiny. And and that's part of the reason why, like, you know, when when Donnie opened up the PSVG thing, I was like, hey, I'll help you guys out. It was always my intention to step aside after a while, but here I still live. But uh, <laughs> it was always uh, always fun. And, and it's good to hear that, too, especially for anybody that's out there that's listening, that's got the ideas. Just do it. Exactly. Take, take the initiative and do it. It costs nothing. I mean, okay, the microphone, but it's like you can even, uh, it, the, the costs are minimal. Let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. I use Audacity. I'm a PC guy. I know there, I don't know if GarageBand's free on the Mac side, but like I, I'm a PC guy. I use Audacity. It's a free program. And mm -hmm. then I have, uh, I originally didn't have this microphone. I had, um, forget what I had before, but yeah, then my wife got me this for, I think my birthday one year. And I think I want to say it's like $150, $200 mic and that's it. And then mm -hmm. it's my hosting costs for yeah. uh, for the which is I'm I think I pay thirty or forty bucks a month because uh, I I do like I like to do premium like high bit rate file sizes I want it to sound good so it's you all right those. so <laughs> yeah so I think my yeah it's cost me twelve uh, what four hundred eighty dollars a year 
uh, and then the microphone was a one-time cost. It's you know, it's it's you can do it. It's right there in front of you if you wanna if you wanna do something like this. Mm-hmm. And along the way, though, with with Tesla with Red Lightning, um, I love the fact that you have like the caller setup going on where they'll send you the voice files and stuff like that. And you have it's just like people calling into a radio show, like you said earlier. Exactly. It's, it's the perfect. It sounds so good. It sounds like it's a live show. It's great. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's you already called it. It's it's that wanting it to feel like a radio show. And quite frankly, it's nice to have other perspectives on there. Uh, and it's nice to to kind of hear from other people besides me. You know, since I it is just me. I don't have a co-host. I'm just doing it uh, solo. So yeah, it's been a it's been a really fun addition to the. It's like the second half of the podcast each week. Yeah, it's nice. And as as someone who eventually will get a Tesla and wants a Tesla roof, <laughs> you know, I, I've been listening as well. So maybe one day I'll be able to join y'all in the, in the Tesla owner guild. Um, Anytime, yeah. I mean, it's they're getting cheaper, right? They're still not. I, I'm not going to sit here even as a Tesla fanboy and tell you that they're yeah they're affordable. I mean, they're the the base Model Three is forty thousand. I mean, there's technically a thirty five thousand dollar version, but long story short, I mean, if for effectively it's they start at forty which isn't cheap, but uh, it's sort of that thing where, yes, it's 40, but then the cost of ownership is real low because electricity is dirt cheap and compared to gas, and there's very little maintenance. So it's like, if you can get in the door for that 40, mm-hmm. then you're in good shape. But yeah, they're, that's, they still need to just keep, keep doing their thing and keep working the economies of scale, and hopefully there'll be a $30,000 version and then a $25,000 version. But I love it. They're, they're, those cars are a blast. Yeah. Hopefully I'll find out soon. Um, so let's move on into a little bit of show content. Now, again, thank you, Ryan, for joining us. We sure. want to talk a little Xbox here with you and get some of your expertise, your insights. Um, and we're just kind of thinking, you know, we're, we're on the cusp of this new generation. The new Series X is coming out. You know, we have all these new game studios that are part of the, the family now. We have xCloud. We have Game Pass in full swing. In the last few years, there's been like a huge increase. Obviously, we, we know that there's a change of leadership that might have spurred some of this along the way. Oh, there, you been... can take the might out for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted you to be PC right there. But, yeah, go ahead. Um, but we know that, you know, you've been covering Xbox, like you said, for about 16 or so years now. So you've seen the ups and the downs and the ups again, it seems. What do you see in the next three years that, with all these things happening now, where do you see Microsoft and Xbox really being on the gaming side? Uh, you know, I they're, they've done everything right over the last few years. Uh, and I, I say that, that's gonna, I know it's going to sound like a very fanboy statement, but from, you, you said it, Nathan, when it was when Phil Spencer took over, let's be honest, uh, Don Matrick took... Uh, Took the took the ship and and just ran it into an iceberg. Uh, that's head on. <laughs> I that's that's my opinion, and I and the and the the last seven eight years bear that out. And you have Phil Spencer that's come in now, who's who's a Microsoft lifer. This mm-hmm. is a guy who worked on Encarta back in the day. Uh, and if you don't know what Encarta is, look it up. It's real <laughs> old software. That's how long Phil Spencer has been at Microsoft. <laughs> And Phil is, you know, I've spoken to Phil uh, on camera and off so many times over the years. He is, uh, and this comes across, and there is no public persona with Phil. He he is a he is a gamer. He is not a suit who's just trying. Like Matrick was a suit, 
uh, Phil is not. And Phil, so Phil understands the industry. He understands uh, gamers. He understands gaming. And yeah, from from the backwards compatibility initiative that started after he took over to uh, Game Pass, we're, we're going to look back in five years, I promise you, and we're going to go, wait, what? there was ever not a Game Pass? Like what? It's just, just like with Netflix now, we're mm-hmm. like, wait, there was a time when we didn't just stream everything for a unlimited month, you know, a monthly subscription. Uh, Sony's going to have to get on board with with Game Pass real quick. I don't, I, I'm sure they're <laughs> trying to figure it out with PS Now. But uh, anyway, everything Phil's been doing, and now you saw it there. Uh, they kind of warmed up with the Xbox One S, which was which threw out the old VCR design. Uh, and just a beautiful, compact, slightly, just ever so slightly faster, like 7% faster while they were at it. Just a better Xbox One. And then they went to the X, which is uh, just objectively more powerful than the PlayStation 4 Pro. And now they're moving ahead. uh, And now we have the, we can't say objectively yet till we have them both in the real world and can say, but pretty much by just about every metric here it looks like the series x is more is going to be more powerful than the ps5 but the the last piece of the puzzle that will probably define the phil spencer legacy at xbox one way or the other over the next five to ten years it well over the course of this generation let's say so five to ten years is going to be the games can all these new studio acquisitions produce great games in the way that Sony's first party studio profile a uh, portfolio I should say has been able to do now not not every of the 15 what studios that Xbox has now they're not they're not all going to be cranking out God of War caliber things uh Last of Us kind of it's that's just math that's mm-hmm. and also no, they're not all going to be doing four year triple A 80 million dollar projects People like Double Fine are probably going to continue to do what they're doing, which is make super cool, super interesting, smaller scale projects that can be done with a team of twenty in a year or a year and a half. That they could, so they'll always they'll have content constantly on Game Pass. But nevertheless, I'm rambling now. But the, my my point is that whatever these new studios are able to do or not do. In the in this coming generation, will will sort of define the Phil Spencer era at Microsoft. Do you anticipate? Uh, we had a question I wanted to ask you now, since you since you said the word acquisition. Do you anticipate we'll hear any more news? Do you think that there are more developers they can add to Xbox Game Studios as they launch the Series X? It wouldn't surprise me if they've got one or two more up their sleeve. Uh, I know there was from the the not GDC GDC talk uh, during a few couple weeks ago, it was somebody on Microsoft had said like 16 studios. So who knows if they just slipped slip of the tongue there or what that was. But uh, I, I was certainly that remedy was the subject of, of seemingly, I guess now we could say unfounded rumors about was Sony going to acquire remedy. Yeah. I always thought, man, I, it would it could make a lot of sense for Microsoft to partner back up with them, whether it's in a in a formal acquisition capacity or something else. But that is that is now put to rest as uh, 
as uh, seemingly put to rest as Remedy signed that deal with Epic, which seems like a great deal for them. Uh, so that's that's going to be excellent. But and Moon yeah, signed I, that same deal with Epic too, right? So like Moon uh, couldn't be another one. Was I don't was Moon one of them? I know I it was so. play, it was Play Dead. That's another and one. Epic. Uh, and but yeah, I, I'm not remembering off the top of my head now. But in any case, uh, yeah, I I don't know who's out there that would kind of fit the portfolio as far as, you know, they, they grab two role-playing game developers. Yeah. They've got racing on lockdown. They've got yeah. a three, four, three on at least for the, for halo on the first person shooter side, they've got the coalition with gears. There's whatever the initiatives doing. Is it perfect dark? Is it something new? Um, you know, you've got, and then double fine, just doing cool, quirky stuff. They've got psychonauts too. They're finishing up now. And, so yeah, I, I don't know who's out there, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if they end up grabbing one or two more studios. Cool. So you mentioned uh, you know the grabbing of the studios here and acquisitions and things like that. What do you think we'll ever see uh, a scenario where EA is like, you know what, we're done with Bioware, and Microsoft's like, hey, we'll have you guys come on board. Bioware. Nathan, <laughs> you, you, Nathan keeps trying this one so hard. Give me Kotor. <laughs> I want Techland. Techland would be the one that I would push for. But yeah, uh, yeah. Techland's trying to get. I mean, they're not trying. They are getting into publishing a little bit themselves now. They're publishing games, and yeah, I mean that 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 could be. That's. Uh, I could see that. Uh, I could see that happening. Uh, if 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 the deal is works for both sides, and I could see that because you know Double Fine had started to get into publishing too before Microsoft acquired them. So that's not a, a pre. It's not going to stop that from happening if both sides want it to happen. But yeah, I, Bioware, I, I don't see, I mean, EA, to the best of my knowledge, has never sold a studio. They've just closed them. And I don't say that maliciously. I know, mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot attached to <laughs> a lot of thoughts come to mind for most gamers when you think of EA acquiring studios. But um, yeah, I can't, EA paid a, a King's Ransom for them. And I know, you know, you can't conduct your business successfully by being chained to what happened in the past. You got to be, you got to cut bait if it makes sense. But there, I think EA's got a lot invested in Bioware. And I, I just don't, I wouldn't see that happening anytime soon. I, I can't imagine the price would be right where Microsoft would want to even take them on, particularly because they've got Obsidian and they've got Inexile mm -hmm. to make role-playing games for them. So uh, wouldn't seem like a fit, but hey, in this industry, never say never. <laughs> so let me ask you if there's something that you could see happening. Uh, news this week dropped that HP is working with Valve and Microsoft on a brand new, no compromise, next generation VR headset. And we know that it, it already works with Microsoft's, you know, uh, it was a WR platform that they're doing their, their augmented reality and their virtual reality support. And a lot of these things, uh, a lot of these helmets that, that um, HP has done, they already support those Microsoft tools. They already support Steam. Now, I know Phil Spencer has been on record and said VR is not coming. Now, there's, at least it's not a part of the vision. He said that it's not, it's not a part of the vision right now. But I can't help but think of all those teraflops and those USB ports that are on that Series X tower and think, like, man, how good would it be if I could plug in just like I can with my Quest. Plug in, USB, put on the headset, and have another place to play my VR games on the, the Xbox storefront. What do you think, Ryan? 
I I would like to see it. I thinking trying to think through the realistic scenario of that. I don't know. I mean, you, you're talking about the the PlayStation VR. If memory serves, I think the install base on that is five mil. Yeah. Uh, last last was announced since Sony Sony is not shy about announcing those kind of numbers the way Microsoft is. Um, five mil is not a lot, and f- off of a hundred million selling console. So the Xbox, uh, the one certainly was not a hundred million selling console, not even close. We'll see how Series X does. It, you're right; it has the power. The power is yeah. there. Wouldn't There's the Xbox no move that. be that we're not going to make it and sell it and take on that, but we're going to let you if you have one? We're just going to host the games and let you connect your headset and play here. You'd still have to. I don't know. I mean, you'd have to account. You'd have to allow the. You know your touch or index True. or knuckle controllers into that ecosystem. I mean, Microsoft has been very open about about uh, having a more open platform in terms of you know X Cloud, just play anywhere, and we're putting all our games on PC. Good, play there if you want to play there. If you don't want to buy our console, whatever. Um, so it it wouldn't surprise me. I'd like to see it, but at the same point. Is Microsoft going to devote any resources to making that happen? Like, is is Double Fine going to be given the green light to make a, a VR game that only 2% or 3% of the Series X audience would even have access to? Sure. Because, so you got to, that's how I think about it is, is try, I'm, I mean, I'm not a, an expert on the, I, I work on one side of the industry, the media side. I don't know all the numbers and sort of how the business decisions are made. I have kind of, I've, I've learned a lot about that over the years, but I'd have to ask Phil directly about kind of what he thinks of that stuff. But that's kind of where I come at it is, you know, would, would Microsoft be willing to invest the resources to support something like that, knowing that the ROI is probably pretty small and maybe they are, maybe, Maybe it is like sure, all right. Let's let's in support this a little. I mean, look at Sony. Like they're they haven't done. I would argue that they haven't done a ton with PSVR from the first party side. There've been cool first party games, uh, Blood and Truth last year, and Good one. Um, there've been some cool stuff. But I guess yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's it's an interesting one. I think I think. Hopefully, Phil has. I would say the door is probably more open now than it was a year or two ago. I guess I'll answer it that way. I selfishly ask just because, having known that you're playing Alex and I'm playing yeah. Alex, I just want Game Pass for my VR headset so I don't right. have to keep buying them $60 every time. Like, man, yeah. Game Pass for VR would be fantastic. Anybody could do it. Everybody should do it. Oculus. I want Game Pass for everything. That's the ongoing joke on our show and our <laughs> network is I want Game Pass for everything. I want Game Pass on Switch, on PlayStation, on Oculus. Anything that I play games on, I want Game Pass. Yeah. I mean, Half-Life Alex is, if you have the means to play Alex, like a capable enough PC, and if you don't have a VR headset, if you have the, if you can, if you can budget to get one, it doesn't have to be the index, which is $1,000. Uh, you can go with with the, the Rift S, yeah, co- the Quest. I mean, if if you can pull it off, uh, Half Life Alex is it is effectively, and this isn't to disrespect other VR. There have been great VR games, Beat Saber, and I I really love. Um, um, ugh, dang it, I'm blanking out. What's the one uh, where you play the little mouse? 
Oh, Moss. Moss. Moss Thank is you, Moss. Moss is one of my favorites. The Walking Dead game is really good. Walk, too. Saints and Sinners yeah. is fantastic. I played a couple hours of that at a preview event, but Half Life Alex is the it's the VR game that we pictured in our heads in the '90s when we first had those VR uh, things in the malls, in the storefronts in the malls, where you would get into the pod and put the helmet on and like, oh man, virtual. Re- like I'm in here. Like it, Alex is. It is, uh, it's the game of the year, even if we go back f- to 2019. I, it's it's wow. the best game. I mean, it's, it's I, I think it certainly has my game of the year vote now. I know we've got a lot of cool games yet to come and Cyberpunk and Last of Us 2 and hopefully Halo Infinite, but Alex is, uh, is, an, is just an unbelievable video game. It's so good. I agree. Maybe one day I'll play it on my quest. Uh, Donnie, I'm waiting for your experience. I can to know show you how, dude. To I'm telling you. So the, so the link, <laughs> I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it quickly. I know we're short on time. The link is not great. Like the beta link, I am having. A, I was f- fiddling with it last night for four hours. What I did is I dropped it. I bought the the virtual reality desktop thing that they have. Buy the remote desktop app for twenty dollars. Go download the thing to your computer, and I am streaming it from my computer to my Oculus headset. I have zero latency. It looks fantastic. I'm nice. playing completely wireless. I'm never going to plug the link in again. I'm just done with the wire. So <laughs> do that. Go do that. Awesome. I can show you. You got to side load. You got to do some APK stuff. Don't worry about it. It's not that hard. I can show you how to do it. But yeah, nice. definitely. Good. I, I got to do side loading to get my Bluetooth headsets to work on that too. So we'll, there you go. We'll figure it all there out. There you go. Um, you want to get into some questions? Sure. Okay. So Ryan, uh, we have a lot of questions. So our first question comes from a staffer here at PSVG by the name of Coach Mo. And I just got to tell you, Coach Mo, uh, might be the biggest fan of Ryan McCaffrey that I've ever known. And uh, specifically with Maggie and your story and everything really, really, really touched him. So he's going to kick off our Q&A section for our special guest by asking, why are the original 100 episodes of Unlocked almost unfindable? I have no idea. Um, Because if I got there at 57... They sh- at least fr- from there onward, they should be around. I have, I, w- I honestly have no clue. Are they not in the? I didn't dive to fact check it. Yeah, I, I, I figured <laughs> if anybody would know, Coach would know. So I know the like most of KOXM is lost to time because Future like shut down OXM, and I mean technically there is an OXM that's out of the UK that you can subscribe to here, and they syndicate it. But like all all of KOXM is pretty much gone. But yeah, like unlocked should be should be around i'm sorry if you you can't find it maybe it's like his app or maybe it's an itunes thing maybe like the i don't know yeah picking up doing some itunes fact checking right now april 23rd 2014 episode 142 is the longest to go that you can get wow huh that's interesting there you go well sorry about that yeah i don't quite don't quite know how to (laughs) i don't quite know what to say except i'm sorry Um, get tim cooks on the line (laughs) <laughs> uh q wants to know do you think minecraft dungeons will be delayed and is there any still hope uh, i mean the, i i presume q is referring to the tweet that the yeah. official uh, minecraft dungeons put out uh it sounds like they are just i i appreciated the transparency by the team there saying hey this is ch- new and challenging to all of us we're working from home we're trying hard to make april but I don't think anyone would begrudge them if they if they need an extra two, three, four weeks, whatever it is, 
so, I mean, let, let's be honest. It's No one should be mad if that game slips out of April. And if you're mad, play Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Yes. Play, uh, give Bleeding Edge a try. Uh, we've, you know, we've already got two, not before two first party. Yeah, well, no, certainly not. But we've already had two first significant first party uh, Xbox releases in 2020. It, we didn't get two last year until September. Remember, it was Crackdown That's three, true. and then not nothing till Gears five, and that was it. Yep. So we've already matched 2019's total three months into 2020. So uh, yeah, I mean. Know. We we have a special guest, so we're not going to spend you know, a whole lot of time talking about like, what we're playing like we normally do. But I am through. I just went through all the the dark area where you've got to follow the fireflies and everything to get the pendant and Ori and the Will of the Wisps. So I think I'm like sixty seventy five percent there. I got to get like one other pendant and then I guess march to the end. Guys, I got to tell you, for those listening to the show, it's one of the best platformers I've ever played. It's so good. I was having that realization last night as I was playing. I was like, is this really like one of the best platforms ever played? And uh, it's so much better than the first, in my opinion, which I really liked. But this one is. It's fantastic. Yeah, I've, I'm I'm early, I'm not even as far as you are, but um, it, it's it's next on my list because I, I I started it and then had to stop to review Doom Eternal, which was brilliant. And then I went into Half-Life Alex because. Again, I mean, it's Half Life. It's I have to play it, uh, and and now I'm going to go back to Ori. But I'm yeah, in the exact tremendous. same boat, actually, and and uh, I told every I, I work for emergency management, so I, we've been very very busy, and uh, so I've I've not had as much time. But to be ultimately, I I've been telling everybody on the team like I'm not stopping playing Ori because I know if I stop it and go away for a few weeks and come back, I won't I won't remember where I'm supposed to go. I won't remember <laughs> right. what I did. So it's like, I have to focus on this game and just get through it. And I'm so happy that I haven't went to doom yet. I got it sitting there, but I haven't got there. Yet. <laughs> um, my, my question that I brought to the show, and I'm going to go ahead and pair this with a good buddy of ours, Sean Capri. Um, the question that I wanted to ask is what do you think is a dream series X launch lineup or like that year one lineup, what we're looking forward to. And then I'll tack Sean Capri's on here. And he asked Viva Pinata for spring 2021. <laughs> I, I think well, I'll start with there because I actually think Viva Pinata was ahead of its time. Like you look at animal crossing. Now yeah. you look at, I mean, I, I really believe and, and kind of uh, a lot of mobile games that are, that kind of take a lot of that sort of, style not stylings but uh, uh gameplay hints from i would love to see viva pinata come back uh it's my i recently introduced it to my eight-year-old daughter and she loves it she loves that game it's uh you know and it's it's just watching her play it's been interesting because like it holds up pretty well but there's still a lot of kind of dumb dumb now tutorial things that it makes you do that but yeah i Viva Pinata had such a great art style. It was it was a secretly great game. Love to see it come back. But as far as like launch lineup, I mean, it, the big thing I, I want, and I know this is just maybe kind of a cop out answer, but I just want Halo to go to to return to its glory. Uh, five, the the multiplayer was tremendous. Not I'm just going to make sure I'm clear about that. Awesome multiplayer in five, but. I'm also going to be very clear, and I've said this a million times over the last five years, uh, the campaign was was a disaster as a Halo fan. I hated the camp, like gen- video game hated, not like real life, I haven't, <laughs> but like I, I video game hated the campaign in Halo 5. I thought it was terrible. 
And so I just, I just want Halo to, to get back to being one of the top, like inner circle, top tier franchises in gaming, which it just, it's, it slipped out of that. And they, you know, it's, I want it to get back to that. I like that for better or for worse, I like three four three is changing it up here. Uh, we, we've seen the new art style, kind of a soft reboot on the on the art direction, and it's those teaser trailers have kind of given hints that maybe it's going to be like a big open ring, go anywhere kind of thing. So I say good. I mean, because they, they've been they've more or less been following the Bungie f- uh, blueprint from a game design perspective since since 343 took it over so great let's see what some let's see what what 343 wants to do with this and really make it their own so i i want halo to be awesome uh we're almost certainly going to be getting forza motorsport 8 as a day one launch title and then i talked about this on unlocked right after the holidays right at the beginning of 2020 but i think there's got to be one other first party launch title in there probably not a triple a like Halo or and Forza. Those are triple A's, but probably something the next tier down. And, and when you kind of look across this, the, the portfolio of the all the studios now, it could be something from Obsidian, because the, uh, the grounded team is tiny. It's 14 people. Uh, so you, the, whatever the Pillars of Eternity team has been up to sure maybe that could be maybe though they could be ready for launch so we could have a cool first party rpg um so that they might make sense i mean fable's not ready yet certainly from playground second team that's probably my guess is that's going to be a second christmas game fall 2021 along with probably forza horizon 5 which is Oh, that's, it's I can't wait to see what, well, I can't wait to see what play, what, uh, if Playground ships two games next fall, that's going to be, that's going to be insane. But yeah, I feel like there's probably one more first party game in the, in the launch lineup for, uh, for this year so that and Microsoft will be able to come out at E3 when they show it all off or whatever, whatever exists in place of E3, I should say. And they'll be able to say, you know, here's, Here's Halo, and they're going to actually show it off, probably. Here's Forza, and show it off. Here's the other thing that you didn't know about. And guess what? You get you can play all of that on day one uh, through Game Pass, because even if you're not already a subscriber, every Series X comes with, I'm sure, at least a 14-day trial for Game Pass. So effectively, the Xbox Series X will have the largest launch lineup uh, in history, because <laughs> thanks to compatibility and Game Pass. So yeah, you, you know, it's there's they've just got to deliver those games like we were talking about earlier. I was going to follow that up. So when Xbox One X launched, we had some second party exclusives, right? We had Rise, mm-hmm. Dead Rising Three, Power Star Golf. I'm going to throw it in there. I love that game. Um, so I wanted Peggle to ask, Two was an exclusive. I'm was sorry, which te- one? Peggle Two. Yes, that's was true. a timed exclusive. Yeah. It didn't wasn't a day one launch title, but I think it came out like a few weeks later. It was it was December uh, uh, of that year. So yeah, you had a you had a a, a secretly decent launch lineup with the with the Xbox One. Do you think that those partnerships are still needed, or do you think because Microsoft has put so much into their first party game studios that, like, I guess the question I'm trying to ask is, 
has Game Pass kind of replaced the need to, to secure a second party exclusive? Like, even if the game is available on another console, it could just be available in Game Pass. And that is kind of like the edge to maybe go Xbox's way. I don't know. I, I, I think those those relationships are still needed. Okay. I, I really do. Um, again, to the to the point earlier, the most of the new studios that Microsoft has acquired over the last year and a half, two years are probably not ready to put games out yet. You know, they're they're all, I mean, yeah, we saw, okay, Bleeding Edge just shipped. That was in the works prior to the Microsoft acquisi- acquisition. So that's, that's out now. Um, same thing, Grounded is supposed to be heading into early access or game slash game preview soon. That was in the works prior to the Microsoft acquisition. Um, but then you had elsewhere at Obsidian, you had the Outer Worlds team, just shipped that game for a different publisher, not Microsoft, but they were able to get it in Game Pass, uh, which Sony, you know, couldn't offer, obviously, to your point. But I do still think you need those. The, the, X, the, the bottom line is the Xbox, even with all these new studios, still needs as many exclusives as it can get. Sony not only has their first-party studios, all exclusive, obviously, but Sony has has enjoyed a lot of excellent third party exclusives, uh, out, mostly out of Japan, yeah. where the Xbox is 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 nothing, is completely a, a non factor. So you know things like uh, like Neo uh, is a good example, and I mean they they've got they're sitting on, they're, they've got Final Fantasy VII remake as a as a one year timed exclusive coming up. So. Yeah, Microsoft still needs as many damn exclusives as they can get. (laughs) And spot on. Our last question comes from Brad. He says, Series X and next gen is taking over, but I just bought an Xbox One X, and I was happy to hear that Xbox will continue supporting the older consoles. How long do you think this support will last, and what games are you most excited to play before the Series X releases? Well, we've been promised at least two years of support, uh, and I think having purchased an X... Uh, the the X will the, the original Xbox One is going to get phased Next. out yes. first, just obviously for for power reasons. The the series, excuse me, the One X is a six teraflop console. We don't know yet where the 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 Lockhart console will come in power wise. Obviously, between six and twelve, whether it's <laughs> straight in the middle at nine, which is where the PS Five roughly is, we'll see. But um, yeah, the uh, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't worry about about that Xbox One X purchase going to waste. And then what was the second part of the question again? Oh, what games are you most excited to play before Series X releases? Uh, I'm very lucky to have just played two of them in Doom Eternal and Half Life Alex. I know Half Life's not an Xbox game, but Doom Eternal for sure. Uh, and then absolutely Cyberpunk. I mean, I I secretly even though. Even though I know I would like it, I never really got into the Witcher games because, Ooh. and Nathan, you may be able to relate to this, or if not now, you might be able to in the next couple of years of your life. <clears throat> when you have a young kid at home, you don't have as much time to play. Mm-mm. That's just rea- it's the reality for most people. I won't say it is a blanket universal statement for all parents. It's certainly, it's applied to me and a lot of parents that I know and work with, uh, I, I just can't do a 150-hour role-playing game. Like, I know I could start playing The Witcher 3, and when it came out, I knew I could start... My daughter was 
let's see, that was 2015, so she would have been like four. I knew, like, okay, if I start playing this Witcher 3 game, I'm probably going to really like it, but I know there is just no realistic way I'm ever going to see the end of it. It's never going to happen. And I'm kind of a completionist uh, in the sense that, not in the collect every achievement, get find every secret kind of thing, but if I start a game, I want to finish it. I, that might just be the reviewer mentality in me. I, I don't play a lot of games just a little bit. I, if I play something, I, I tend to I always want to finish it. So anyway, um, I'm so even though I wasn't a big Witcher guy solely for the reason that it was too big for for my uh, my allotted time, I'm very much looking forward to Cyberpunk because uh, it's it's a first person role playing game and really it reminds me so much having sat through two behind closed doors demos of it. Uh, it reminds me so much of the original Deus Ex, War Inspector's Deus Ex from the so from two, from the year two thousand, or maybe it was ninety nine, but um, but the original Deus Ex, and in in and I mean that in the most complimentary of ways. It looks so good. So uh, and I and I'm sure Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven is going to be a pretty big game, but yeah, I I would be surprised if it's Witcher three big. Well, so dense. yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to that, but um. Yeah, I would say, I would say having just finished Doom, that was a big one for me, and and Cyberpunk's next. So we'll see. And that's uh, Jury's still out on Avengers. Uh, we'll we'll see. They've 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 got to win me back over a little bit on that. Um, but I think if they just show more of the of the later game stuff, they'll be they might be in pretty good shape there. Brad, uh, I'll speak for to, to Seth as well. Seth and our team over in the Discord also just got an Xbox One X. So um, I, I wrote down a few. Resident Evil, Gears Tactics on PC, Super Mega yeah. Baseball, Minecraft Dungeons, uh, Dying Light and Cyberpunk. Hopefully they come up before Series uh, X. We'll yeah, see. well, Dying Light's just, yeah, out kind of. They haven't said anything about They've just they delayed just went that away. one. <laughs> yeah, which is fine. Hey, make, yeah. make the game you want to make. There's plenty of other things to play in the meantime. The last one I wrote is Tell Me Why, which... Yeah, uh-huh. that should be interesting too. I presume that would be out before Series X, but I guess we don't know that. Yeah, so. I don't know if they've put a window on that. And then, I mean, here's a game that I don't know how much I... <laughs> I don't know if I actually want to play this or I just want to watch videos mm. of it, which is Microsoft Flight Simulator because of how <laughs> stunningly gorgeous it is. So it's it's like just just to see like how all the all the various landmarks and, and things like it. I don't know if I really want to actually play it though, and work all and fly the planes, but I, I want to. I want to see that game. <laughs> we had six more questions, Nathan, but we're out of time. So we're out of time. I know. So Ryan, again, we want to thank you for for coming in and joining us on on this episode, and just want to give you a chance to plug anything that you wanted to plug and go in there. Appreciate it. Yeah. So if uh, most of you watching this that that are familiar with me probably already. Are, know that I do podcast unlocked IGN's weekly Xbox show. You can find that uh, every it's Tuesday or sometimes Wednesday, depending on our recording time. But that's uh, that's every week. IGN unfiltered my one-on-one monthly interview series that airs once a month. Uh, there's no sort of set schedule for it other than once a month. But you can if you just look it up on YouTube, you'll find all the old. There's forty, it's like forty-eight, forty-nine episodes now. So there's a lot. There's there's people from there's Xbox executives, there's Sony executives, there's uh, 
a lot of cool game developers, a lot of interesting people I've spoken to over the years. And then, yeah, hey, if you're if you're interested in Tesla's electric cars, I do my Tesla podcast on the side, Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast that does have a schedule. Those episodes go up every Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern time. So if you're listening to this live, there's a new one waiting for you. Check it out. Yes. Uh, so again, thank you, Ryan, for taking the time. We really, we really appreciate it. Donnie, uh, any final thoughts for this show? No, I just want to thank you, Ryan. Thanks for coming on. I think uh, we, have, we have a big network of fellow podcasters, and they all have their own shows and everything. And I think we I speak for all of them when I say we all look up to IGN. It's kind of like a leader in this space. You guys have done it uh, for so well for so long, specifically you on the Xbox front. I mean, you've covered it for years and years, and you got to be the go-to source. So thank you so much for, for joining us and just kind of stopping by and giving our show a chance. And uh, just, it means a lot. Appreciate you having me, guys. This was fun. Yeah. Awesome. Donnie, you want to thank our patrons and any uh, way to contact you? Absolutely. I'd like to thank all of those that support us over at patreon.com slash PSVG at the producer level. So thank you, Callow, Barry Cathcart, Josh, the Bonesaw Borboni, Coach Mo, Chris McElfresh, Devin Tyus, Kyle Heyman, Paul Calico, Michael Masick, and the Egg Shin, Zach Bradshaw, and Nick Fall Haba. I don't know how to pronounce Fantastic. this last name. Fall Haber, Fallaber, Fall Fall. We were going with Fall he'll, he'll write in. Yeah, he'll, he'll message you and let you know. <laughs> And that's and it. And where can people find you, Donnie? That at Play Nintendo. That's it. Play Nintendo on Xbox Podcast. That's right. Hey, man. Uh, and you can find me at Voiced by Nathan on Twitter. Uh, and you can find the show at the Xbox Empire on Twitter. Feel free to stop by and say hello. Uh, let us know how wrong we were. Um, and again, thank you for listening. Thank you for taking the time out to watch if you're watching live. And the state of the Xbox Empire has never been stronger. Bye, guys. <laughs>